All right. I got a space All dust. Right, okay, oh, my gosh. Space dust. Did it. That's what we should call. Well, we're going to have to call the predator that at the end of this minute. We're gonna have to, <laughs> <laughs> he's space dust. He's space dust. Notice there's no uh, quippy one-liner here. So No, just do it now. Yeah. I mean, like, after he smushes the predator, right? There's no, like... You know, your your luggage or something, or your luggage. <laughs> right, yeah. Or your, what would you say when the log came down? Hmm, maybe we should say that yeah. for the pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. We're going to have to come up with a good call. We'll have to name the log trap, the impromptu log trap, and we're going to have to say a one-liner. I already have one in my head. Oh, man, the pressure's on. i got to think of one. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast where we break down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking minute 99 of Predator. <laughs> and, whoa, I need to redo that. Today we're talking minute 99 of Predator. 99. <laughs> 99. 99. What I'm thinking of, uh, maybe you know this song, but it's the like kind of the alternative rock cover of 99 Problems. Oh. It was pretty popular a couple years ago. It was like 99 Problems. 99 Problems. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I, I do was... remember that now. Yeah. Anyway, so 99, we're going to, there's all sorts of 99. If you thought 97, 98, or even the semi-primes back in the day had not a whole lot of content. Well, 99 is just full of good trivia. Chock full. Uh, Chock full. I'll throw some um, sports figures your way, and then you can start pulling and picking what you like uh, of the list of 99s. Throw them. Throw them. Yeah. We have the following Hall of Famers, Dan the Danimal God. Hampton. Such good <laughs> nicknames. God. Danimal. <laughs> <laughs> the Danimal. <laughs> that sounds like, okay, let's be honest. That sounds, and probably most NFL nicknames sound like a college kind of nickname you had like, yeah. in your whatever fraternity or just like in your hall. Like, that's, oh, there's Danimal. That's a nickname you get in your fraternity after you have sex with the uh, unattractive girl. <laughs> <laughs> the Danimal. <laughs> oh, you're such a Danimal. Oh. <laughs> Just getting in there. <laughs> <laughs> the Danimal. Mm. Yeah. Wait, how'd Dan you like that on your Hall of Fame bust, Danimal? <laughs> so Danimal Hampton Hampton was a was a football player. I'm assuming. Yeah, he was a football player. Like uh, a few of these other names, I'll throw in there. Mm -hmm. I did not do my research about you know what kind of Danimaling he did, but I think That's okay. he was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all these 99s, I'm pretty sure, are defensive linemen. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Defensive tackle, defensive end for, looks like, oh, four Super Bowls won. He mm. played for NFL, Bears, and New England Patriots. Oh, wait, no, Bears, not New England Patriots. Said four Super Bowls, so he must have ended up probably playing for the Niners, is my guess, because the Bears only won the one as he was playing. Right. Yeah. That would make sense, time period-wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other great names on here, though. All these other names I know, I think, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I 
threw a whole bunch of other Hall of Famers on there. Um, I didn't see another fun names uh, from '99, <laughs> but there's Cortez Kennedy. I didn't realize he was a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he's one of the greats. One of the great Seahawks. Was he a lifer for the Seahawks? Good question. I think so. I don't know for sure. He, you know, if I, I'm pretty sure he retired a Seahawk. Um, I don't know if he played somewhere else earlier in his career, but um, as far as I know, he was a Seahawk the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It says he was just a Seahawk the whole time. You're right. Nice. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, I have Warren Sapp. Mm. He play, played around uh, the league for a while. Another yep. Hall of Famer. Yep. Fantastic player. Uh, now he's, yep. I think he's a, isn't he like an analyst now? I think so. Yeah. No. He does, does okay. a little color commentary, as they say. As they say. Uh, Jason Taylor, who I think was a lifer for the Dolphins. No, I think he might he might have played for another team, but I remember him always just being on those Dolphins teams. That, mm, that's too uh, bad. Stunk up, but he like still – yeah, exactly, but he still stuck with them. Yeah, Miami. Oh, one year with Washington, but then back to – Oh, and New, Jer- New Jersey, New York Jets, and then back to Miami. The Jets are really New Jersey, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New Jersey Jets. It all it rhymes with New Jersey Nets. You might as well. Yeah. Um, who else? JJ uh, Watt. I, mm. I I put him in the Hall of Fame already. I mean, might as well. If the dude just plays another what five years, he's going to be one of these all timers. Yeah. No, dude's a beast. Yeah, great player. Yeah. Yeah, and then our our first non NFL player in a long time, we have the great one, the Wayne Gretzky of hockey. You could call him Wayne Gretzky. Now that is a good nickname. If your nickname is the great one, like yeah. you're there, you've gotten there in life. Yeah, exactly. And I learned the NHL retired his number, uh, a la uh, Jackie Robinson when they went MLB. I don't I don't know. He just the man. He was just so great. If you look at his stats, I don't know anything about hockey, but. As I like to do sometimes, I just look at statistics and like you're like looking at these goal scorers over the years, and then you look at Gretzky, and it's like, oh, okay, it's like Babe Ruth, <laughs> right, playing the whole time, like <laughs> his whole 20 year career or whatever. All I know is that no one in my profession calls me the great one, so <laughs> <laughs> I got I got some work to do. <laughs> the average one. <laughs> We'll give you number 50. That's about right. (laughs) (laughs) The average one. The slightly okay one. (laughs) Slightly okay. The mm, (laughs) 2.5. So, what are some 99s that stood out to you like right away? Then we can talk about specific things if you want. Um, Just from uh, from any of our categories, any of our pop culture? Uh, Are you talking about just ninety, the ninety nine, the, the number ninety nine stuff here? Yeah, how about number ninety nine first? Then we'll go like music. I don't have, I literally have nothing to say about games this time. Yeah, game gaming was like took a huge break for me in like ninety nine, yeah. two thousand, and then I was back into it after that. But like, I was looking at the list of games, and it was like PlayStation at its height era, yeah, era, era. And I was, I was not a PlayStation player. I played like a few games here and there. Uh, when I lived by myself for the first time, like I bought a PlayStation used and a bunch of games, but never really was like that into it. So I don't have a lot of things from this, uh, this year. I was probably playing older things from, uh, Super NES days or N64. Yeah. You got a bunch of like good 99 references here, but, um, yeah. The one that really stands out to me in this first section is, uh, the year that Napster starts. Yeah. Um, and that, that stands out to me because I was, I went, I went off to college uh, in the fall of 1998, and I remember within just being there for a couple months, 
So it must have been into 1999, obviously. Going to a friend's dorm room, and they had like a big, massive computer, you know, one of these big old like Windows 95 desktops or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe probably Windows 98, uh, set up on his desk. And he was just scrolling through and double clicking songs and just playing them on his computer as if he had all these CDs. And I was dumbstruck. I was like, what? are you doing? What is this? And that was my first introduction to Napster and the world of like peer to peer file sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I subsequently destroyed one of my parents' computers (laughs) in the next, in the next two years, downloading things from peer to peer file sharing networks. (laughs) I think everyone who's our age has destroyed one of their parents' computers in the, in the late nineties and early two (laughs) thousands. Oh yeah. Cause you're like downloading the songs and like movies. I would download like entire sports games. Oh, that's a classic game. I need to have that. It's like a two, hour video file in the year 1999 or 2000 it's like i'll come back tomorrow and it'll be done (laughs) maybe and that's all your computer's gonna hold it's like (laughs) i need to delete that file like my my computer in college my very first one was like you're talking about one of these massive machines yeah and it had such bad delay just like clicking something and having a response with a normal mouse pad that like I was not running Napster at the time. I was running, uh, I think it was Shiraza or Kazaa. Kazaa. That was the yeah, one I, I used was, to run. Yeah. I think it was like Shiraza and then Kazaa. And like, yeah, I would just hit like just for songs, I would hit like download this. And then, you know, I destroyed all those files, by the way, of course, <laughs> you and I, of course, of course, we, all those are <laughs> long gone. We legitimately buy everything now off of, uh, Apple scam or whatever it's called. Um, Oh no, Apple iTunes or whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, I, I remember doing that where like even just like these songs that weren't that big of a file would take a few hours to download. And I had, you know, your first or second generation iPod, like the one that held 20 gigs of music. <laughs> and yeah. um, the first couple iPods, you could actually put music on and leave them on. And so when you plug them into the computer, it would not try to delete the ones you didn't have synced up on your iTunes. And my computer only had so much space. So I right. loaded as much, I'd load the computer. It had less space than my iPod. So I'd load up the iPod <laughs> with however many songs, like 200 songs. And then I'd delete those 200 songs off the computer, download a few more songs, plug that iPod back in it and then like have four to a thousand maybe like yeah maybe like anywhere between like 700 and a thousand songs on the ipod but like only a couple hundred on the computer because the computer was so slow and so limited right it only holds so much not till i had like a laptop and it could actually perform um could i load up uh, on the actual computer what i wanted god i remember getting my what was it what were they called like the i the ipod classic or whatever um, but it was, it was when they, they started to come out with like pretty big storage. It was like, mm-hmm. it was like a 50 or 60 gig iPod classic or something. Um, not an iPod touch or anything. It was basically just like a brick of storage, right? And I was able to get my entire music collection on that thing. And it was a revelation. Like, yeah, I, I got a, a car stereo in my car that had an aux input, which was like a new thing at the time. <laughs> And I plugged that bad boy in and I was oh. like, what is going on? I have my entire music collection in this little box. <laughs> like my CD, uh, my CD book is just under my bed now, not being used anymore. 
your case logic. I know my case logic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a wild. That was a wild uh, moment in time. That transition from like physical media music to digital. Um, mm. Yeah, and now like no one buys anything. Like everyone just streams it, right? Right. Or if you buy an album, it's just all digital, and yeah, yeah you bought it, but it's just ones and zeros. It's just bits and bits and boops. Unless you collect uh, vinyl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's it. Do that. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few vinyl records, but I never, I didn't have the ox plug until, geez, not that long ago. I think like, hmm. God, maybe like 2014 or something like that. Until then, if I had music I wanted to put from my, de- <laughs> my, my phone or my device onto the car stereo, <laughs> I had the dongle off of the iPod. You know that one? Oh, yeah. It's like a radio transmitter. Oh, we talked no. about radio last week. And so you'd have to tune it to like, oh, you no. know, <laughs> somewhere in between two stations. <laughs> and like people driving by, if they're at the right station, they could hear what you're trying to play. And like, yeah, I just remember you'd have to hold it really close to wherever that antenna was in the car. Like, I'm going to put it right here because that has the best reception, putting up the jams god i did i did have one of those for a short period of time before i had the ox in i had forgotten about that those were mm-hmm. shitty they did not work very well they were terrible yeah, man. yeah. oh my god. friend had like the tape deck adapter that plugged in so it was like the, <laughs> the ox out of your ipod and then into like a shitty yes. tape that went into your cassette tape deck and somehow that it transferred trip, yeah. yeah oh well, that's what you would do, yeah, from a CD player to the tape deck if you didn't have a CD player in the car. Right. Also, yeah, I remember we did that on a road trip to Canada with my mom and my two brothers. We <laughs> just had, like, the, the CD player. Like, don't skip the CD player. Right. Someone's holding it, playing the CD on the CD player, hooking it through like the holding stupid it. tape deck. <laughs> and the tape deck still somehow warbles, like, as yes, it's so playing the song. God. <laughs> You played this song too much. <laughs> uh, I threw I threw some other 99s on here. I liked uh, Party Like It's 1999 by Prince, oh, of course. Classic, yeah. Classic. Uh, I have 99 Problems, which was a Jay-Z song, and uh, the cover, which came out just a few years ago. Great song, yep. Great. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I've watched maybe the first half of the first season. I, I really enjoyed that. It's a really funny show. Very funny show. I watched some of those, too, for a while, yeah. Uh, there's, uh, you got 99, 90, oh, bana- go ahead. Uh, sorry, you got 99 bananas yeah. on there, which is yeah. uh, a liquor that I remember mixing with a bunch of orange juice when I was 19 <laughs> years old and promptly yep. vomiting all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I learned that they expanded beyond the 99 bananas that there's like a whole just 99 brand now. Yeah. <laughs> they got 99 fruits all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but a but a banana ain't one. No, that's that's terrible. So ninety nine fruits, but a papaya ain't one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but a watermelon definitely is not one because watermelon sucks. Uh, ninety nine <laughs> bottles of beer on the wall, of course. Mm. And uh, let's see what else did I write. Oh, Agent ninety nine from Get Smart. I don't know if you watched oh. that show, but that was a solid show from the sixties on Nick at Night. Right, in our, <laughs> right in our kid days. Uh. Music-wise, this is a weird time period for music. This is so we've completed our transition out of the alternative rock era. I feel like, mm-hmm. and it's kind of before the I don't know what would you call it, sort of pop rock, uh, rock rack, rock rock rack, rock rap, like fusion, like Limp Biscuit type music that would be coming out soon, right? And so, mm-hmm. and, but we're, we're like, we fell face first into this pop 
infusion that happened in 98, 99, 2000, when you're talking about like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and 98 Degrees and all these piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> pop pop groups god i hated them so much <laughs> and the unfortunate thing is it bled out into other areas of music so i feel like a lot of the music on this list is very bubblegum pop ish um yeah. that might just be my my own opinion but you know you've got things like baby one more time you've got even songs that are rock or are, are like poppy like smooth by santana and rob oh God, thomas that song was everywhere everywhere oh everywhere oh. live in la vida loca uh steal my shun my sunshine um genie in a bottle uh what else you got on here um uh, there's some good ones on here though actually i, I won't shit on everything um this was when uh, Dr. Dre's uh, Chronic album came out. The second Chronic album came out, and uh, and also the Slim Shady LP, uh, which was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, what do, I don't know what jumps out to you. Do you have uh, nostalgic <laughs> memories of '99 music? I do. I had a lot of the CDs you're bashing. I had Mama, <laughs> I had the Lou Bega Mama Number Five CD. Oh like, yeah, you did. Thing. Yeah. I had Eiffel 65, Blue Dabadee. There are a lot of good songs on that. Uh, CD I felt um, I was doing a lot of driving back and forth between uh, western and back home mm. that was my freshman year so I was doing a lot of CD listening the way before it was way before podcasts so I'm not listening to podcasts listen to a lot of CDs right uh, what else I had the I had the probably had the Backstreet Boys I definitely had the NSYNC album uh, oh no I had the Macy Gray album <laughs> I had she the, was good I, I had the Lens Steal My Sunshine album Wow, you had the whole... You just went all in. I went all in with these things. I had the whole Wild West, Wild Wild West al- album. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I agree. Uh, and, of course, I had the Phantom Menace soundtrack with uh, the big Duel of the Fates song. It even had its own MTV music video. It's still used, and it's still really popular today. It's, like, one of the most well-known tracks. Tracks! Tracks! Of, uh, of the Star Wars saga. So you, it doesn't sound like you were a, a big rap fan at the time. Did you not uh, listen to the Slim Sh- Slim Shady LP when it came out? This is definitely where I stopped listening to rap. Where yeah. it became what I would dub like mean rap. Like it was just that Slim Shady LP. Like people were just putting that everywhere. Like friends would play it, and I hear it and like there's little skits in there too where he's just doing all sorts of bad things and i'm sure it's some kind of therapy uh if you want to cover his bases which i don't really care to but um yeah i just thought it i had a i don't know no taste and all that no no i had a weird relationship with eminem uh when especially those first couple albums where i would hear his lyrics and be mostly repulsed by the things he was saying but at the same time, I was fascinated by the way he was constructing his rhymes and doing his lyrics and and just the artistry and the wordplay. Mm-hmm. And so I had this weird like inner battle with myself where I wanted to listen to his music for that reason, but I couldn't justify the content of what he was saying at the same time. And uh, I went back and forth on it for a long time. And... Um, I don't know. I still, I think I still consider myself an Eminem fan, especially now, kind of later in his life. But um, yeah, it was a weird moment in time trying to kind of reconcile the incredible ability that he has to put together clever rhymes while also 
like trying to reconcile that with with all the horrible things he's saying you know <laughs> yeah so i don't know yeah. eminem's no, a tough I, one uh, he's a tough nut to crack that way mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah but yeah he's he's starting off there in 99 and um if you're all good with music we could just talk about some of the the movie highlights and I, I know this is a big another big year for movies like 98 yeah 99 those are two really big years yeah like uh well i see right at the top of the list is star wars episode one i i know that's that's probably your your number one from this year yeah that'd be my number one plus is the top grossing movie from the year i i would imagine uh do you remember where you were I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I took the girl who I took to my stepsister's prom uh, to go see it. <laughs> so my cool. stepsister, like, yeah. <laughs> so a year after I graduated, I don't think I went. I did not go to my own prom in '98, uh, but in '99, I like I was had not yet gone to college. I was still like working in town and like living at my folks place and my stepsister said like why don't you just come with me and my friends and uh that was really nice of her to reach out and like kind of include me in her group of friends they're a really cool gang uh, and i remember going to the prom i can't remember if it was to the prom first and then the then the movie like a week later or if it was the other way around uh, but i remember going to see it and being like like this is crazy like we're finally seeing new star wars after right 16 years and this is what really kicks off like where we are now with Star Wars, because up until that point, it had just been like the three movies, four, five, six. It had been like some comics, like a bunch of these super nerdy uh, extended universe books. And I'm looking at my shelf where I have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> super, <laughs> nerdy, <you>. super nerdy. <laughs> super nerdy. Super uh, nerdy. Love you books. Uh, but until then, it had just been those things. And then since they start the prequels and there's like animated shows come out and then obviously more and more of these movies movies between the movies right. uh disney buys up star wars and they like blow up in the video game scene as well around this time yeah uh which we'll talk about in a future time but yeah this is really like the really second big push of star wars and really putting us where we are today and I know yeah this this kind of no, I I am a Star Wars fan. I, I'm I'm lukewarm on the prequels, but um, I mean <laughs> I'm, Luke. I'm hey I'm <laughs> I'm not a Star Wars fan like you're a Star Wars fan, but uh, I I have always liked Star Wars, and I do. I went and saw this opening weekend. I, I remember I was so you took a year off between graduating and and going to school, right? The old gap year, and then I end up taking three more gap years yeah. after 2000. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went straight into school out of call out of high school. And, uh, so I was living in the dorms and this, be- this was like an event. So like everyone in the dorms was like, do you have your tickets? Do you have your tickets? Are you going? When are you going? What time? Blah, 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 blah. Oh gosh. So I went with probably like 20 different people that all happened to have tickets at the same time. And, um, wow. It's funny in the moment I remember watching it being like, "Huh, all right, that was all right," and you know because you're so excited in the moment, and then watching it again later when it finally came out on video, watching it at, like on my at home, I was like, "Huh, I don't think I liked it as much as when I saw it in the theater." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you see it again and you're like, "Hmm, it's really not that great, actually." <laughs> I don't know. People have different opinions about episode one. I get it. Um, but uh, it's never been one that I have gone back to very much. 
Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 one that is definitely I was gonna say slated, that's that British term for yeah. panned. But yeah, it's definitely like uh <clears throat> it definitely has its fans. Like I'd I'd count myself among one of them just because it was like here's George Lucas's vision finally of how all this started. Who you know, and who knows how much work he actually put into or how much thought he put into this bef- way before, or if he just kind of did it and right hoped it would all flow once he hit two and three uh to bleed into episode four yeah uh, but i appreciate like the little you know the risks and the creativity you put into it and <laughs> definitely some risks seeing as uh there are definitely a lot of people who don't like <laughs> a lot of the choices he made but yeah i mean that's 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 how creatives that's how the creatives be i guess is that you're gonna do things that are not always uh the most popular and still to this day are not that popular but i think people are coming back around now to the prequels for whatever reason so the other movie that's on this list that i also saw when i was living in the dorms that was not uh, an event uh, screening the way star wars was but it became one as the word of mouth spread and that is the matrix from 1999 the original i remember seeing that movie not really knowing much what it was about and i came back and I had back, back, Mac, 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 Mac. And I had seen it with a group of guys, and I was like, "So, what'd you guys think? Did you like that movie?" And this friend of mine said, "I think I did. I don't know. I just, I am so pumped up right now." <laughs> <laughs> and then for like the next week, we kept on calling each other's phones and leaving messages on our answering machines. It was like, Neo, you're the one. And then would hang up the phone. <laughs> and from there, I was hooked. I was a, I was a Matrix fan through and through. And uh, yeah, I, lo- I love the original Matrix. And I like the sequels enough, but uh, the original is the best, clearly. And uh, yeah, that's one that really jumps out to me. Um, it, to me, it was like, yeah, such an eye-opener, hey, much like the Matrix itself. Mm. Um, I found like a list of best-selling DVDs somewhere because to me – this really, really cemented like DVDs as the physical media to own over VHS. Yeah. Um, I was looking at, yeah. So it was earlier today. I was looking at like the best selling DVDs of all time and like it's down there. It's like maybe number 14, but it's like the only thing before the year 2000. Right. Um, it's like once I, I remember specifically when that hit, like the after market video stores, like just that shiny DVD case, like you would, kind of tilts it up and back and it kind of like has that iridescent look to it and just uh how that was just like one of the first cool pieces of uh physical media like at least dvd wise uh tone and just like like you were saying just like one of those movies the more you think about it the more you think about it and like you need to call and talk to someone um much like my recommend today and i'll go there later everybody had it everybody had it and it was like you would test your home theater with it. Like I remember going to people's houses and they'd be like, they'd pull in these, the big speakers they had and they'd crank it up as loud as they possibly could and be like, let's sit right in the middle and watch the matrix. (laughs) And yeah, it was just like, it became a thing. It was an experience, you know, like at two in the morning and when you've been drinking all night, like you sit down and watch the matrix. (laughs) And then you're like angry at the end. You're like, yeah, let's get this big, big corporations. Uh, but you got, there's so many great movies from 99 that we can't spend all day, but I'll just run through others that jump out. Um, Academy Award winner, American Beauty, The Green Mile, uh, Magnolia, I love, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's follow up to Boogie Nights. Um, Election, one of the great comedies of the 90s. 
Insider is good. Uh, Varsity Blues is not good, but I love it. Um, gosh, October Sky is a movie that I've showed my students probably 50 times. Uh, <laughs> man, so many. You got Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels kicks off Guy Ritchie's career. Ravenous is a horror movie I really like. Um, I like Ravenous also. Wild Wild West was a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, South Park became a thing that year. Yeah. Um, God, so many Eyes Wide Shut, Stanley Kubrick's last movie, Deep Blue Sea, Detroit Rock City, Stigmata, Double Jeopardy, Three Kings, Fight Club, Bringing Out the Dead, Being John Malkovitz. Shit. It's a lot of good movies, man. A lot of good movies. I didn't even, I didn't even get to them all. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's overwhelming. <laughs> did you mention Galaxy Quest? I know that's like still a big favorite of people to this day. That's a good one. I did not mention. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. good Jim Carrey one. Yeah, like I don't know what was going. I don't know what was in the water in '99, but I've I, I know we're not alone in thinking it's one of the best years for movies because I I've heard other. I've read articles where people have made this argument. I've I've heard other podcasts talk about this that 1999 is considered one of the great years for movies, like of the last you know, I don't know, five decades or whatever. And and it's hard to ignore when you look at the list when it comes to like high profile Oscar style movies. There's an amazing list when it comes to genre films. There's a great list yeah. when it comes to comedies. Indies, dramas, like every category has several very strong entries in that category. So I don't know. It's it's hard to beat. Yeah, just this is another year, probably like me or like you, uh, where I saw a lot of these in theaters. I remember. Did you mention Sixth Sense? Uh, oh, I think I skipped over I, that one. I think you like like speaking of like starting a, the genre, yeah. like Sixth Sense with like the big twist. That Shamalian twist, and uh, you have. Did you mention Fight Club? I I did quickly, but okay, yeah. but you're not supposed to. So <laughs> shut up about it. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Freaking first rule. Uh, did you mention? <laughs> sorry, I, I I swear I'm paying attention. I don't know. I think we were going through the. I went fast. The list and I was it's like, okay. Uh, did you mention? I like this is like clearly one of the best years. Clearly, because I keep wanting to say, did you mention the Blair Witch Project? Oh, I missed that one. As a start of our found footage that horror was, movies, that was yeah. I, I saw course. that in the theater too. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. I saw a lot uh, more of these movies in the theater than I did '98, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see what our Predator Minute listeners Palapa target the center of the Palapa <laughs> <laughs> member Brian Campus. Um, how many he saw that? year because he oh, just recently man. started posting all his movies ticket stubs from uh the relevant year he says my 1997 memories and he posts all these 1997 ticket stubs i don't know how you felt about that but i love that that was seriously cool i stared at his photos that he posted for a while just scrolling through and looking at all those different movie stubs that he had saved what a cool thing to have like a record of all these great movies from this great period in time that you saw in the theater. So thank you, Brian, for posting that. That was super, super cool. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. And I I don't know if you noticed, but it seemed like there was a glaring omission though, from his 1997 visits. It's a little known Arnold film from 97 hmm. called Batman and Robin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to meet you. <laughs> 
Let's break the ice. Oh, chill. <laughs> the ice man cometh. I can't I can't think of why he would have skipped that one. Probably <laughs> <laughs> burned that ticket. <laughs> Not see it. Yeah, he threw that one away out of shame. Didn't want to put that in the book. Uh, speaking of Arnold, you have the terribly dark Arnold movie called End of Days. I don't know if you saw that one. That was a crazy, terrible one. seen it once or maybe twice and and uh, I could not tell you one single thing about it. He fights uh, the devil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It was just dark and it was dark. Yeah. Uh, last couple I'll point out here besides the Brave Little Toaster 3. I know. Oh. Just champing at the bit. <laughs> Thank God you got to that one. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Uh, but let's see. What was it? Oh, two more. Uh, two John McTiernan directed films came out this year. 13th Warrior and what was it? Thomas Crown Affair. There you mm. go. So. Is the 13th Warrior the one with um, Antonio Banderas? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. I remember seeing that one in the theater so, and being like it – was, it was pretty spooky for a, for like a John McTiernan movie. You are not the first person to tell me that I would like that movie. I have had several friends tell me that I need to watch that one. And that was a movie that was not on, even on my radar till recently when it was brought to my attention. So – I think I need to go see it. I, I hear it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good one. He, and he does the whole language trick. He did the language trick in Hunt for Red October where um, they're speaking Russian in the beginning of that movie and then they zoom into the mouth and then all of a sudden they're speaking English for us, the audience. Ah. Uh, the, the 13th Warrior has a slightly different um, bend or slightly different tactic to make it so that we're all understanding each other in the movie. Mm. Uh, but they do the same thing here in Predator where Arnold shakes Anna Ani. He's like, Come on, stop playing around. There's no games. No more games. And then all of a sudden she's speaking English. He like shook the English into her. Uh, <laughs> I want to say there's one more. That's, oh, Die Hard, uh, where uh, he's trying to tell, where Hans Gruber is telling his terrorists what to do in German and they're not understanding. So he's like, I'll say it in English, shoot the glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shoot the glass. I like I like that John McTiernan really plays with that language. Uh, that might be the, these might be like the last movies that he made that were considered good or above average. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's this is the tail end Sorry, of John his uh, his run, if you will. His run. Because after after 99, his double whammy uh, in 99, he goes, yeah, he goes rollerball and then basic. Yeesh. Yeah, ouch. <sighs> <laughs> it's a bummer. So much potential, you know. Anyway. So, John, should we talk about Predator? Have we reached the point? <laughs> <laughs> we finally reached that point. We talk about Minute 99. All right. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll shuffle all the 99 talk to the end. But no, you know, I'm not going to do that. I did uh, in my description. I will put, like I've done the last couple minutes, is I put the minute marker where you can actually start listening to where the minute starts. Right. <laughs> Look, and people are just now hearing this it. Like, is, oh, I could have skipped that. Yeah. This is what we do now, people. So get on board or go away. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we have seven more of these episodes to go, y'all. Like, yeah. we're gonna after this one, we're 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 gonna we're gonna milk it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> so uh, ninety nine is also uh, the number before one hundred. I don't know if you knew that, Jeff. It's a pretty oh. popular fact. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's talk Predator. Predator, minute 99. Minute 99 of Predator opens with Dutch looking at the Predator who's looking at taking care of business. <laughs> oh, let me start that over. Oh my god, that was terrible. <clears throat> minute 99 of Predator opens with Dutch looking at a paused 
predator crouching under staking care of business, and it ends with Dutch leaning back and exhaustedly back, s- back. back. exhaustedly sighing. The first part's going to be about 34 seconds here. We carry over from last minute. The predator, crouching, pauses at the spiky trap, staking care of business, at first staring at Dutch as Dutch tries to goad the predator into killing him. Dutch says, come on, come on, do it, do it. The predator starts to go under the log, then pauses, looks up at the wooden spikes, even feels a couple of them as Dutch continues to yell at him. Come on! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Kill me! I'm here! Kill me! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Come on! Do it now! Kill me! (laughs) The predator then walks up and around the ditch and staking care of business and then jumps down into the ditch next to Dutch. Dutch looks up at the predator. End first part. Mm. That was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the... Do it! Come on! uh, What I wrote as uh, sounding like... Exactly like an Arnold soundboard from those early 2000s, like we're talking about, where <laughs> someone would prank call or you would like set up a soundboard. And he's just saying, like, he says, come on. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six times. He says, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. One, two, do it now. three times if you count, do it now. Do it now. And then kill me. One, two, three, four, Five. Kill me. I'm here. One, two, three times. I'm here. So you can use this little clip to just like really tell a whole story of uh, from Arnold's perspective. I really do love it though. Like he really leans into it, and even though it's it's a it's a line that is quoted comically all the time. In the moment when you're watching the movie, like I, I was into it. I was I was swept up in the moment, and I was like, I, I get it. I see what he's doing. Like. Come down here. Get into my booby trap. Come on. Kill me now. Like, he's tired. He's at his wit's end. He's just like, get down here. Come on. Do it now. (laughs) Do it now. (laughs) Ah, you piece of crap. Just get down here. Come on. Let's finish this. I I do like your angle of, yeah, he's tired. And so at this point, it's like, he's literally just laying against the rocks there. He's, he's, I don't know that he's acting tired at this point. I think it's totally him being exhausted, just beaten down. Exasperated. Exasperated. Just, just come on. Just come on. Now, now you stop. You're supposed to just keep following me. Just come on. Just do it now. Come on. <laughs> do it now. Come on. Come on. Kill me. Kill me. Mm. Right here. I'm here. Yeah, so he's trying to get the predator to come down there, and this is... This circles back to many, many minutes ago when we watched Arnold create Staking Care of Business. We've seen it a couple times leading up till now, but this is the first time that it really inserts itself into the story as we see Arnold really trying to get the Predator to come down there and finally fall for one of his traps. But he doesn't do it, does he? (laughs) But he doesn't do it. The Predator freaking figures it out, like which is... I wonder if you're watching this for the first time in the theater or at home. You're like, oh, man, like, I can't wait to see this trap in action. Is this going to be another, like, nothing but net? Is this, like, is it <laughs> like is it, is it going to work this time, though? Is it really going to do its job? And Predator's like, no. Uh, like, that's that, that seems like bad news bears going that way. I'm going to go around. <laughs> yeah, uh, Arnold's still trying to yell at him to do that as Predator's finding out about the trap. Uh, but then Arnold is just kind of looking like, 
uh, <laughs> like a used car salesman walking, watching someone just walk off the lot, like realizing they're not actually going to come back to negotiate for a lower price. Just like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's hard. He's crestfallen. When yes, crestfallen. He's crestfallen. Yeah, uh, I like how you wrote here that the predator is figuring stuff out. He's a learning predator. <laughs> he's a learning predator. <laughs> he's a learning predator. Oh no! He's a, he's a learning machine. Um, right. I know. I, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know bait. I know bait when I see it. I can't do a predator voice. What does a predator even sound like? Nah. Hear him imitate. We never hear him talk. No. Only, no. only imitate what he hears. So Yeah, I I felt bad for, for Dutch in this moment. Uh, like I said, he's tired, exasperated. Um, this The predator is not coming down here to see him. Uh, on, a, on a technical level, I, I really enjoy the, the sequence of shots here, actually. Um, cause we get kind of this back and forth, almost like you'd get in a romantic comedy, right? We get the, we get Dutch <laughs> and we cut back to Predator on the other side of the table. And then we cut back to Dutch and then we cut back to Predator on the other side of the table. And, uh, they're having an argument and we don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> right. It's going to get, going to get physical and not in the good yeah. sense. Oh, no. Yeah. A little Dutchy poo. Mm. But it, I think it lends us, uh, some, insight a little bit into the predator a little bit more respect that the predator is able to figure this stuff out that yeah he's smart knowing like a baited trap when he sees one and he's not going to fall for it now dutch had really thought things through of course he would have some kind of backup trap but i don't think he does i don't think he has a a leg to stand on so to speak no no yeah the predator does feel those little spikies and then he gets the f out of there and and jumps around and the, yeah. this section ends with him sort of just landing on the other side. And uh, Arnold cannot be happy about that. Yeah. Arnold's looking buff, though, here. I'll say that. He's leaning back, yelling at the Predator, looking really good there. Arnold's yeah, and he's... Bloody, yeah. sweated up. And he's, like, grabbing onto some handles or some sticks or something. So he's really flexing those biceps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's he's trying to show off his plumage for the, for the Predator. <laughs> Come on, come on. Look at these muscles. He's bison tries. Come on, do me, do me now. <laughs> do me now. <laughs> do me. Do me. Do me now. <laughs> do me. Do me. Wow, that's not going to take much clipping to make that. Him, to make him say that. Come on, do me now. Do me now. I'm here. Mm. <laughs> do me now. <laughs> Kill it. Kill uh, me. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh. Shall we uh, take it to the second half of the minute now? <laughs> second half of the minute will run all the way till the from the 34 seconds all the way till the end. As Dutch looks up at the predator, he looks past the predator up into the trees. He spots the real hero of this film, the log. The log is back. We cut back to Dutch's face as he looks at the treadle trigger, kicks the trigger out of its notch. The would-be treadle rises up, missing the predator, but the giant log counterweight crashes down onto the predator's head. We get a... From the predator, from the log, we get a... Crunch. (laughs) We hear the log roll down the hill. We hear the crackle of background flame, and an exhausted Dutch leans back. And size. Uh, End minute. End minute. And 
probably the end of the Predator, but I'm not going to put him on the kill count just yet because we probably need to see a body. We've pretty much seen a body from everybody else. It's only uh, fair. It's only fair if we take a look at this dead Predator body before we chalk up to 100. Hey, speaking of 100, we got to see just bodies. On, just bodies. Just bodies. We're still stuck on 99 kills. And, I, you know, maybe yeah. I had to fudge the numbers along the way, but <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was enough work to put us at 99 for right now. And, man, I, I hope... I hope that the real hero of the film, Log, here just actually did the job and and took out the Predator. But I, I really enjoy uh, Dutch's inventiveness. I've, I've talked about it over and over in this movie. Here's like a prime example. Like the thing he invented didn't work out. So I'm just going to improvise and I'm going to kick up this thing and the counterweight log is going to come crashing on the Predator. That's what, what an amazing way to figure it out. And I can't imagine he ever had it planned like that. In fact, all this time up until probably last year or like two years before, yeah, two years ago when we watched the movie full or all the way through and I was like making notes, um, did I ever take into consideration that this is just the backup plan that um, he um, never meant to actually crush the Predator with this giant log? This was just a happenstance, a lucky accident that the Predator just happened to be standing right under this giant log. I don't know about you, but I didn't figure that out until a couple of years ago. No, I, you're right. I've seen this movie a zillion times, you know, but at rewatching it now for this project, uh, I always thought as when I was younger watching this, that I, I kind of missed the connection between this log and then the staking care of business trap. I, I somehow missed all these years that those two things were connected right that the 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 log was a counterweight that was supposed to pull on this trap and so i do really love that his trap didn't work and in the moment the predator knew that the trap was there and outsmarted him by jumping around the trap but then in an outsmarting the outsmarting dutch <laughs> uses the other part of the trap the counterweight the thing that was just supposed to be uh functional he uses that as the weapon and pulls on that or kicks away that treadle and down it comes, smashing the predator. Is he going to live? Is he going to die? I guess we'll find out. But I, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed rewatching this right now. I just, I really enjoyed this whole sequence. And I, I think it's a really good, it's a good moment of suspense in the movie because watching, just watching it now and still knowing how the movie ends, I was in just that moment, I was like, <gasps> wait, what's going to happen? Is the predator dead? Wait. And like in that moment, I had, I, I wasn't quite sure in that split second. Um, my rational mind knows of course, what's going to come later in the movie. But um, just in that moment, it was a, it was a very emotional, like quick uh, emotional response. So I, I really appreciated it rewatching it. Yeah. The fact that this had to be the backup. Um, I don't know. Maybe it speaks to just like, no matter how well you plan, like some of these things are just going to come down to dumb luck, to happenstance, to being just in the right place at the right time. If you're Dutch in the wrong place at the wrong time, if you're the predator, if that log is like two feet to the left, like this probably doesn't happen. And Dutch is, uh, dead meat. He's skewered and whatever, rip, ripped apart for all the, Juicy trophies, <laughs> <laughs> those bison tries, bison tries, bison tries. <laughs> uh, um, it is, it is interesting. The predator doesn't seem that menacing when he's approaching, like leaning into Dutch. You're just kind of like you're having an eyeful of ugly right there as the predator is like leaning into Dutch. Like, what's the is the predator planning something here? Is the like is the predator 
it's it's not a last minute thing by any means where like in normal action movies like the predator's claws would be coming right towards dutch's face and right before that happens kaboom something lands on the predator it's it's there's a little bit of that gap there's a little bit of that time i think um better filmmakers make that choice and, and give you that little bit of time that you don't necessarily need in all action movies. But I think it, it serves a good purpose here because I, again, I don't know what he's doing. It kind of reminds me of like I wrote down Sauron, like in Lord of the Rings, he like <laughs> reaches down from the good guy at the beginning of the movie. And like, he has this humongous mace in his hand. Like he could just smash the guy, but instead he's like, I'm going to reach my one vulnerable part down to this person. And the predator is like very similarly, just kind of towering over Dutch. He's not about to stab him. He's just kind of like looking at him right now. And maybe he's examining one more time before the kill. But yeah, it took too long to, to get an eyeful of Arnold and Arnold made him pay for it. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, and, and we're, uh, the way this minute ends, it, it seems like the predator might be dead. Yeah. This might be the end. Is this the end of the movie, right? So this is a good um it's a good throw your hands up in the air. I'm not quite I'm not quite sure what's going to happen here. Is is the are the credits going to roll in a minute or are we going to get uh, the resurgence of the bad guy, you know? So yeah. so it's just it's a great it's a great kind of setup for the very end of this third act. I like how you mentioned like we don't know yet if he's going to arise. This minute ends with flames in the background after the mm. main villain has been wounded badly. This happens in so many horror movies where you have, for whatever reason, there's like flames going on in the background and you, you kind of have that gut feeling that things aren't over yet. Like, you even have like this shot that ends the minute with Arnold's face like really close to the camera in focus and you have the flames in the background and you're still not quite sure what's happening in the background. You have that feeling. I can't say 100%, maybe 99, like the minute, uh, <laughs> of what's going to happen, but I, I have this strong feeling like something's going to happen in the background. Maybe it's just going to be a false alarm, like a, a green bloody predator hand, you know, falls down in the background, like dismembered from the body and you're like, oh, okay, it's fine. Or maybe something else. Hmm. Did did you want to uh, maybe name our hero the log here? Like I, I wrote down some really quick uh, ideas because this is like another trap you have to, even though it's an impromptu accidental trap. Like maybe we'd have to name it. We've named nothing but net. We named taking care of business. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How about log boom? Log boom. That's log nice. boom. Okay. <laughs> I wrote Charles Charles Oakley. <laughs> he was known as a stalwart defender very, with lockdown opponents. Very nice. Very nice. Uh boom goes the dynamite. Uh, uh boom go yeah, I wrote here comes the boom. Comes the boom. Yeah. <laughs> um Oh gosh. What, what uh, I'm drawing a blank. What else you got? You got more? Kenny Loggins. Kenny <laughs> Kenny Loggins. The spine tingler. Uh, tree fallen, oh, like free fallen. Nice. Uh, oh, tree crash fallen. into me. Yeah, crash into uh, me. Man, these are good. Would you rather with wood? Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. Nestle Crunch. <laughs> uh, and what else? I would say Wunderbar. I like Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Um, yeah. I cannot compete with any of those. That is a really good <laughs> list. Would you rather is pretty great. 
<laughs> also, Kenny Loggins is pretty fantastic. Kenny Loggins, <laughs> yep. Highway to the Danger Zone. Mm, well done. All right. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to call it Would You Rather from now on. You can choose whichever one you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Would You Rather. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that choice. I just threw them all up there. Um, I love it. I and, love it. And in the script, I've been visiting the script every once in a while to kind of parallel tell that story. Uh, there's only like a couple pages left in the script, so I'm going to break down this like next to last action sequence here in the script or the last action sequence into like a couple different parts. And I'll tell you how it ends probably tomorrow or tomorrow, probably next week, next minute. Uh, but the script at this time is showing the predator now running away from Dutch. Now that Dutch has picked up the predator's mystical, mysterious weapon, which is never really described in the script. I think they're planning on figuring that out during the movie shooting. Like what is that weapon going to look like to be so terrible? And like, uh, it just seems like kind of like this, really humongous bladed weapon. I don't know what to imagine it as. I guess when I think about what it could be, I'm thinking of Predator 2 is like the buzzsaw he decapitates uh, Gary Busey with or cuts his body in half with. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, but at some point, Dutch picks up the weapon. The Predator runs into his once invisible spaceship, which is becoming visible as the engine start up. The ramp starts to close, and as the ramp's, ramp is closing with the Predator at the controls of the ship, Dutch hurls that weapon narrowly making it into the ship as into the narrow gap before the ramp closes. And I'll dot, dot, dot in that mm. uh, at minute 100 and tell you what happens there. It does really seem like that they pulled ideas from this script to use with Predator 2, doesn't it? Yes. Like to take this idea of our hero coming across the ship and getting a glimpse into the Predator's species technology and to kind of like have the awe of walking into a spaceship. Um, it, it's a very cool idea and one that I think honestly fits Predator 2's aesthetic better. So I think it was a good choice to maybe marry it with that movie and, and leave this one in the jungle. Um, but it sure is interesting to go back and look at the script choices and the things they left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I like how you talked about Predator 2 being a better fit for that sci-fi um angle yeah uh, predator 2 takes place in what la so you're, yeah. you're you're better looking at like modern day technology versus futuristic space age predator technology there versus in the jungle you can tell this jungle story i mean like for a good chunk of time like in the 80s or even in the, in the 90s yeah uh, with the technology being um, as it is but uh, last thing I'll talk about is in the in the script in the the commentary, John McTiernan is talking about just what a hard time it was for Kevin Peter Hall in the suit mm. uh, that they had to take four or five hours to put the suit on, took four or five hours wow. to take it off, and he would wear it for these two hour chunks as they filmed the shots. And this is where uh, where. I think their one Oscar for this film comes in is when they develop the cooling suit inside the monster suit itself. Mm. They designed it after a race car suit, which is meant to keep the race car drivers cool in their very, very hot cars as they're driving around. I'm shocked that Kevin Peter Hall had to withstand four to five hours of time just getting this suit onto him. Like that is grueling work and he must have been and and remember we're not they're not just doing this like in a sound stage in a comfortable studio with air conditioning like they're probably in a trailer in the middle of the fucking jungle and no air conditioning and 
They are putting this latex suit on him for four to five hours, just getting it on. And then once he finally has it on, now he needs to go out and start running and jumping around with it on, you know? Um, it's, it's kind of incredible. Uh, and, uh, much, much respect to, to, uh, KPH for, for holding that down. Uh, cause the movie is better for it. And, um, it's, it's pretty incredible that he had to go through all that just to get, this, this, you know, handful of shots that we get in the final scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Or any part of the movie, really, yeah. uh, where he finally makes that appearance. And I get maybe that's what you're referencing. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, no. Just all the jungle and the suit talk. I'm like actually like sweating thinking about it. <laughs> that and we have the heater on and the doors closed and this room heats up really quickly being so small. Uh, but yeah, uh, John McTiernan appreciated that so much that he gave Kevin Peter Hall that cameo at the end of the helicopter pilot, like mm. looking and going like, what the? F-? And like he's, his fuck is cut off. Um, <laughs> that sounds weird to say, but. Yeah, uh, happens yeah, to me all works. the time. <laughs> Taking the tenants. Where the front door? I was just thinking that my fucks get cut off all the time. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> oh man, I think I think we've done it. Have we done it? We've done it. I think we've done it. We've done it. We killed it. Actually, yeah. oh my gosh, we're about to, we're about to break off a hundo here. Wow, I know. Next episode, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez, man, we should we should do something like record a podcast about it. <laughs> about breaking off a hundo what was that like <laughs> uh no that'll be very very cool i think that's uh that's definitely a milestone that's awesome all right so yeah we'll we'll hit that milestone when we hit it um i pray we can hit that 100 i mean that's is that just another diamond anniversary i think it is. <laughs> probably i think after like there's like 70 80 90 100 like it's just all diamonds all the way man like nothing is gonna be better than a diamond i know at a certain point it's yeah diamonds every year right yeah Yeah. what i mean what's more valuable than diamonds right i mean pork bellies or (laughs) uh wood futures oh logs logs are very valuable that's good it's gonna be back to the 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 log anniversary it's a it's a year of so let's it's a wood anniversary again (laughs) it's back to the wood especially for the predator oh bummer should have seen that coming uh Let's I'm... recommend things to each other, shall we? This is the portion of the program where we make recommends to each other and to our listeners. So, Jeff, what do you have to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend a TV show, and I'm, I'm a little behind on this show, um, and I'm a little embarrassed to say that I've never seen it because it seems like a show that should be right up my alley. Um, I am a big fan of the 2004 film What We Do in the Shadows I'm just reading it right now yeah. <laughs> on Facebook. Your little review, and I, I, I've, I'm constantly recommending that movie to anybody that has never seen it. But there was a show, a TV show that came out um, of the same name that is in the same spirit of that movie. It's a different cast of vampire characters, but um, the kind of the comedy beats and the aesthetic of the show is very similar. And I just. I'm recommending a show where I've only really watched like two episodes of it. I just started watching it, but man, I was laughing all through the first couple episodes. So I have to recommend it. If for some reason you have skipped over the What We Do in the Shadows TV show, there are two seasons available. Uh, 
go check it out. I am looking forward to working my way through all of these episodes. So that is my recommend. What we do in the shadows. Oh my gosh, that yeah, I haven't seen the show, but from what I've heard, I think it's the same creative team, and it has it is. the illustrious, the amazing, the treasure Matt Berry, who I recommended his show, yes. Host of London, many, many, many episodes ago. He is just amazing he is just incredible <laughs> and he is you should watch this show too because he is so funny in this too like he just nails it he nails every scene he's in <laughs> where, where are you watching it by the way because i don't know where to watch it um it is a uh i think it's a tbs or tnt show it's a network show on cable so you can watch it on demand if you have that station as part of your cable package cut the cable so I might have to Napster it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can watch it. You can watch it on Kazaa. <laughs> That's K-A-Z-A-A. -A, yeah. Kazaa. Available on your parents' destroyed computer. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I'm bringing it onto the desk right now. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Now, now open it up. Uh, install Windows 98. Good job. That's going to be three CDs to install yeah. that. Now uh, uh, upload Kazaa and promptly destroy your hard drive. <laughs> uh, did you ever download the audio tracks on Napster back when we did things before we deleted everything, of course? Right. When uh, you would download it and you'd think it'd be the song, but it would just be like a garbled, like, yes. like oh, I hated those because it was like scare the crap out of you. Well, and that's what would destroy your parents' computer. That was like the virus files. They, they would write on it like, whatever, fucking Madonna or whatever. And you download it and it was like a guy farting and then your computer would blow up. <laughs> It was seriously like jump scare. Like, had to, like I would be to the point where, yeah, I would listen to the headphones right, right. off my head. No way. Oh, that's so cool that you're uh, recommending what we do in the shadows. I really want to see that. That's going to be a Sarah and me show for yeah. sure. If if you guys enjoy the movie, like I from we what do. I've seen we, of yeah, from what I've seen of the show, you're you're gonna like the show too. Yeah, we've shown uh, we showed. Zach and his girlfriend, like maybe last year or something like that, around this time, and they really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, well, I'm going to recommend a TV show too. Hey, uh, yeah, I texted you like a couple weeks ago about it, and then I was like, kind of down on it a little bit, mm -hmm. and then it's like, whoa, like seasons three and four happen, and it's just like blows your socks off kind of TV. Uh, it is Mr. Robot. Um, I was texting you today again about it. Like, you need to go see Mr. Robot. Yeah. Or maybe it was, I think it was Aaron I was texting today about it. I think, uh, but I think I came back around to you, like, um, maybe a couple days ago. Yeah, you hit me up again, a day like, or two ago. And I, I've only seen, I think I watched a just a couple episodes of that show and then abandoned it. So I'm intrigued to hear why I should jump back on the bus. Yeah. So you mentioned Matrix uh, coming out in 1999, like, right away. I was reminded of The Matrix, and oh. when I went to the Wikipedia page, it's like one of the references or one of the inspirations for creating this by Sam Ismail, the director. Ismail, I might be I must be mispronouncing the name. <laughs> anyway, but like he lists off a few references, like The Matrix and like some other kind of techy, technoir kind of shows, thriller shows, thriller movies. Uh, and the the Matrix roots are right there. It, if you remember The Matrix, like before he takes the red pill and goes down and learns about the real world and the Matrix. Like, he's living that kind of, like, computer geek slash hacker life a little bit. Yes, uh, yes. Like, it's as if, like, it just stays in Mr. Anderson's world. Um, and he's just... 
um, living that life. I, I don't think the name Mr. Alderson is a coincidence. I think it's inspiration from uh, Mr. Anderson, Keanu Reeves' character before he's pulled into the Matrix. Mm. It's again like it's as if that character is living that Matrix-free life, but like living in that kind of corrupt world where there's like shady stuff going on and the computers are key to um, the characters and the motivations. I really don't want to say too much about the show, but there is like some edge of your seats, thriller um, moments. Uh, there, There's action throughout as you need it. There's awesome character work done by the likes of Christian Slater and B.B. Wong, uh, Bobby Cannavale um, shows up later Slater? on. I, Oh, yes, Slater nails it. Slater what? really ties the whole show together. I can't tell you anything about it. Like if you saw oh the first episode, God. you would have seen Slater, man. But you know, I, it, it was years ago. I don't remember that. I mean, I'm okay. sure I did, but it was years ago. Okay, I'm gonna have to just go back to this. You're just an amazing show. Me. I'm on the last last two episodes right now. It's one I've been binge watching when I can, huh. um, like on my lunch breaks at school, you know, like <laughs> up on the phone, not on the Wi-Fi, and it's like eating up the data a little bit. It's <laughs> worth it. It's like such a good show. And I would say um, it gives me that same feeling I was having like when I watched Breaking Bad or when I watched um, Ozark, with mm. the main difference being like while it pulls me in and it grips me and I want it, I have to know what happens next. In those other two shows, I really don't care for the characters. Like, those characters don't have anything redeeming going on. They're just like, how deep are they going to go into this darkness? Uh. But the difference here is, like, I was definitely, I'm definitely rooting for all the characters in this show. Like, I want them to succeed. And, like, they have, like, really good bits of humor throughout. They have good bits of humanity in the characters. Like, almost all the characters have that, whether they're good or bad. Hmm. Um, and there's just there's always something else going on in the episode to the point where don't even you should not even go to IMDb trivia for any episodes I would say until you're completely done with the season okay like I would do that and like the trivia normally is like a whole bunch of little trivia points and then like that little last couple of trivia points are spoiler right you know what yeah I mean? yeah Mr. Robot it's not like that it's you flip it it's like here's a couple of trivia points and then there's a whole list of spoiler stuff and I cannot like I couldn't even like I made sure not wow. to put my eyes down to the spoiler part because I don't want to spoil it because so many big things happen over these um, huge multi-episode arcs where like you're not finding out the twist until like five episodes into this particular arc just wow. an amazing show I go I go on and on about it this is definitely a show I'll re-watch I would not watch Ozark again I would not watch Breaking Bad again sorry Breaking Bad fans but those things are too dark don't like the characters and for me like I've always said it's character driven and I, I really enjoy the characters in the show and um, hopefully it doesn't let me down these last couple episodes I really hope I'm really praying that like it just ties it all together in a nice neat package but you know that's not always the show's job just to tie it up neatly for you nice uh, that's awesome I'm I'm happy for you that you found such a such a great show that you connect with I, yeah. I'm gonna have to give it another shot um, like I, I said it I was need someone to talk to about it I hope I you know. watch it it was years ago that I watched it I honestly don't remember anything about it so I should just start from the beginning and try it again um, it's all on Prime. They literally okay. dropped season four right as I entered into season four on Prime. I was like, nice. oh no, I finished the first three seasons. And it's like, you want to watch this next one? I think the fourth season dropped on October 7th. Nice. And that's right when I made it to, to the Is first it episode. Four seasons total? Four seasons total. It's all done now. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's like 
anywhere between nine and thirteen episodes per season. So it's it's a pretty quick watch, and it's network TV. Well, network. It's USA. Uh-huh. Uh, so take that with what that means. It's like it doesn't really mean anything in terms of showing now. It's like it runs like an AMC show, basically, is how I can describe yeah. it. The violence and the swearing and the yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, sexual content. <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. Like, okay, USA has changed a lot since my days. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, well, Silk stockings. Right. I mean, what we do in the shadows, like I heard at least five F-bombs while I was watching it. I was like, this is just a cable show. What the hell? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But just it's just like, I mean, just like you were saying with The Matrix, how you're like kind of awake like thinking about it like you even want to call someone being like all right start it up like yeah own it you'd want to call someone and be like yeah like let's talk about it or here's what's what i'm thinking now all right cool man good recommend i'm excited thanks thanks uh speaking of uh robots uh, robots (laughs) jeff where can people find you (laughs) they get better and better everyone uh tune in next week for john's segue Um, i'm gonna gonna write that segue for next week yeah tonight (laughs) you can can think of my recommend you can find me on the twitter i'm on there i'm carl underscore hungus 314 come check me out jeff glover on the twitter my name is carl he's been expert John, where can we find all things Predator Minute? Oh, man. Well, in that luxurious, well-taken-care-of space called Twitter, you can find Predator Minute <laughs> at Predator Minute. You can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com, or you can join, and please do, uh, the listeners group on Facebook called the Predator Minute Listeners... Ah, the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa! 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 <laughs> uh, quite a fun group to belong to. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, like we mentioned before, um, one specific listener, Brian, has been posting his movie stub tickets so you could look back and relive like what it was like to go to the actual movie theater and have a ticket in your hand and like it was actually like a piece of little miniature thin cardboard that would rip off and you could keep that forever and some people do which is awesome amazing it was a it's a great post it was very fun to look at all his movie stubs so check that out for sure check that out and so i guess for all things predator minute 99 i've been john sabrisky and i am jeff glover and until next time Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around. Come on. Do, do it. Do, do me. Do me now. Do me now. Come on. <laughs> do me. Do me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm naked. Do me now. Do me now. Look at my muscles. They're rippling. Do me now. Do it! Do it! Come on! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Kill me! Do me now! I'm here! Kill me! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Do me now! Come on! Do it now! Kill me! Do me now! Do
ごめんな。